I guarantee you there's one thing in this episode that you're going to hear that you never thought about when it comes to your finances, and it could be the thing that ends up saving you. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my awesome co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Thank you very much. Hey, if you're a listener of Prepping 2.0, you are entirely knowledgeable of the fact that we're in serious perilous financial times and then it's going to get worse what we think you should treat your financial affairs just like any other prep maybe even putting more thought and energy into financial preps than other ones in this show we're going to identify five categories of financial preps and share our real life experience on each of them sit back and enjoy the show so one of the things that shelby does every morning has one of her morning dare i say preps before i go to work before i get up and go out the door with glenn to record a show what is one of my morning preps glenn um drug use no well yes no yes we're not gonna argue like this <laughs> it's like children over here um no i oh put, coffee's not a drug yep yeah, no it's not not yet uh, anyway the effect it stop her. it okay um i put together a big old mug of you're min- physically min- holding your big I'm mug holding of it min- up min- and coffee pointing to it it's great video here on the radio it is and I put a big cup of that together, especially now that we're getting into the chillier months of Minutemen Coffee, our favorite coffee. It's what we drink. They are the exclusive roasters of the I Miss America blend. Totally recommend them. You can check them out at our website, prepping2-0.com. Look under friends and affiliates. You'll find them there, and you'll find a really awesome coupon code. And you will also find that this is, one, awesome coffee, two, unabashedly pro-American, pro-Constitution, pro-Second Amendment. You will get a copy of the Constitution in any order that you place with them. And uh, fellow preppers as well over there at uh, Minutemen Coffee. And I encourage you to check them out. I wanted to let folks know about the Panhandle Preparedness Expo, which is going to be the first weekend in October. If you can possibly attend, it's in Sandpoint, Idaho. Please do so. It's it's like a homecoming. It's so great. We see people lurkers come out of the shadows. If you've been listening for any length of time, you know what a lurker is, and you may be a lurker. Yes, you may be a lurker. It's not a bad thing necessarily. Right, but you can improve things with um, becoming a Patreon supporter, $2 a month or $5 a month. It's a small price to pay. We're going to be talking about money here, so uh, we personally think you get a lot more out of this show, like double or triple the amount that you get out of the free show by having the after show having access to the video bonus shows being able to post comments being able to ask questions uh, of our guests all kinds of things you just get a heck of a lot more out of it it's it's kind of like drinking you know instant lemonade versus having fresh squeezed you just get more out of it so there you go. So please consider becoming a Patreon. I think it's in your best interests. Well, let's get into it. We have an actual outline. We are kind of formalizing things because when we have a lot of information to present we and we respect your time, we like to be efficient about it, which is why we have an outline. So our topic, of course, is financial preps. And I wanted to give you some overarching thoughts. Shelby will be adding to this too. And first one is everyone has a different financial situation. What we say in this episode should generally apply to everyone, but there are going to be differences. And what, Shelby, we never try to do is be impractical. We never want to be the ones who say, well, with the billion dollars you have in the bank, why don't you buy a New Zealand bunker? Oh, gosh, Um, no. The audience for that would be uh, zero people because that's just not something that's out there. We get it. Um, We have um, prepped on a budget. We've prepped with a little bit bigger budget. So we kind of understand both halves of this. And we have a remarkably diverse audience. And I use the word diverse, not in the woke sense, in the sense that it actually has meaning, which means all kinds of people of different backgrounds and different experiences. So you're not going to get the billion dollar New Zealand bunker advice, because if that's what this show were about, uh, you ought to hit the uh, stop button right now and listen to something else because we're not going to help you. Here's another overarching thought. You are a prepper. You're listening to Prepping 2.0. So as a prepper, you have plans for everything, and you should include your finances of one, as one of the things 
you plan for. It's one of the most important preps. We think financial preps are right up there with being right with God and water. Those are two pretty serious preps, and financial preps are actually in that category. Because if you don't have money, you can't buy the preps you need. If you don't have money, you can't live and that's really important. And it's not as simple as the world's going to end, there's going to be a meteor strike, and money's going to be worthless. There's so much nuance and detail and flexibility and practicality that's involved in this. This is a far more rich and complex topic than I think, candidly, it's portrayed in, um, I'm going to say it, a lot of prepper fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, you will notice from both Shelby's books, uh, A Great State, fantastic series, highly recommended, um, and 299 Days, a an adequate book series, I'm just going to say. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, that that we don't, as authors, portray things as, as this kind of simplistic um, prepper fiction thing where there's an EMP and money's worthless. Well, no, there's there's a slow buildup. And by the way, we have been right about the slow buildup and the conditions we have written about, in my case, 10 years ago, in your case, six years ago, um, are are coming true. And so it's a slow rollout of this collapse. And 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 we say we were right not to pat ourselves on the back. There's the sound of back patting uh, going Mm -hmm. on. But because. We want you to know that we have really thought through this and that we're practical people and that candidly we have credibility. Um, it's, it's, it's something we think about and something we've lived and something we've sat down and written about and put a lot of thought into. Here's another overarching thought, which is going to surprise a lot of people. I hate money. I don't like thinking about it. I don't like it. It seems to be something that messes people up. Um, I've only ever met one a rich person who was happy and oh, yeah. and as far as you know I've, I've run into quite a few wealthy people not because I'm wealthy but because I'm a lawyer and wealthy people have a lot more legal needs um, sometimes because they're bitter and petty and they want to sue everybody around them so you know I'm happy to cash those checks but um, money causes problems for the most part it's a necessary evil boy if there was ever a great example of the phrase necessary evil it would be Money, But I've had to change my ways and get out of my comfort zone, my comfort zone of being candidly in the past oblivious to finances. I've had to change that in the last few years, and I've become, I think, reasonably financially responsible. So so is Shelby. We're a team on everything. So when I say I, I really mean us. And we've learned a lot together financially. We both come from places where we weren't allowed to do that necessarily. And didn't have resources and, and um, the create we weren't allowed the creativity is probably a better way to say it. So it's been good. And you know what? You, you bring up a really good point about the word creativity. There is creativity in financial prepping, as you're going to see. We're going to challenge you to think outside the box. A cliche that I hate, but it's actually very descriptive. And to get out of your comfort zone because the opposite of prepping is a comfort zone. I want you to think about that phrase. The opposite of prepping is a comfort zone, and this applies to every topic. If your comfort zone is 911 will always respond instantly and save me, that's a comfort zone that you need to prep your way out of. You need to break the hold that your comfort zone and your normalcy bias has on you, and you need to take matters into your own hands. You need to be self-reliant, and you need to put in time and effort into things that are uncomfortable. And for me, I'm a classic example of my comfort zone was not thinking about money. Not a good idea. And a well, fine, yes. And I'm going to defend you on that. You weren't really allowed to. Yeah. Your, your previous situation. And, and people aren't going to be surprised when I say this. She did not allow you to have access to the checkbook. But And I didn't, I had no idea. And I can't stress that enough. As in, I couldn't tell you um, at all what, my former net worth was, I had absolutely no idea. I didn't even know of where accounts were. It was bad, guys. Right, Let right. me tell you something. That's not, and that's a financial prep right there. Everyone needs to have full disclosure, full knowledge, because what and if passwords. something happened? Mm-hmm. What if it had something had happened to Dr. Foxy? Yeah. You would right. really be in a world of hurts. Oh, absolutely. So, and, and it all was because of the Docker years, <laughs> and, because, and that's a reference to 299 days. Readers of the books will understand that reference where I got really fat, lazy, and comfortable, and 
I didn't have to think about stuff. And that's not the prepping mindset. And so you're already a prepper. So it should be easy for you to get out of any comfort zone that you feel with finances. We're going to challenge you today. We're going to challenge you and give you specific ideas about ways out of your comfort zone. So I think this is going to be a fantastic episode. We wanted to give a disclaimer. Um, We are not financial planners and this isn't a legal thing because trust me, (laughs) good, good luck suing quote Glenn Tate. Good luck serving process on some mythical creature named Glenn Tate. I'm telling you, we're not worried about getting sued, but what we are worried about is morally having you as a listener hear what we have to say and just betting your financial future on what we say in an episode of a podcast. We don't want to do that to you. We don't think that we're so amazing and awesome that everyone out there should bet their financial futures on the brilliant things that we have to say. We're going to challenge your thinking. We're going to suggest that you figure out solutions on your own. We're going to give you a framework and things to think about. I guarantee you there's one thing in this episode that you're going to hear that you never thought about when it comes to your finances, and it could be the thing that ends up saving you. So we've, we've set the bar high, but we've also been realistic about it. Now, there are, in our opinions, and Shelby and I worked on this outline before the show, so this, these are the thoughts of all of us. I'm going to be primarily talking just because a lot of this stuff is stuff that I've, I've thought about a whole bunch and learned from, often painfully. Um, yes. And well, so, and you wrote the outline, so you get to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. true. That's true. Uh, that's that's our, uh, our deal here. Whoever writes the outline is the primary talker person. Um, There are five categories, in our opinion, of financial preps, and we're going to dive into the details of each one of them, but I wanted to give you the five categories so you can decide if this is something you still want to listen to, and I think you will. Number one, debt. Number two, income. Number three, investments for growth. Number four, wealth preservation. And number five, other, which is not unimportant stuff. It's just miscellaneous things like insurance and maintaining expensive things. So number one, debt. Here's what this show is not. This is not an episode of Dave Ramsey. There are plenty of people out there who can talk about debt in more depth. See what I did there? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, keep going. I yeah. know what you're going to say because I have the outline in front of me. That's right. So this is not the Dave Ramsey show. Everybody listening right now knows how destructive debt can be. You're all smart people. You understand that debt is a problem. And quite honestly, there are better shows like Dave Ramsey's. Right. He's got the corner on it. And and we I would recommend him. He's very oh, yeah. good at what he does. There's a great thing that he does. I don't know where to find it, but it's something like Dave Ramsey for couples. And it's it's a it's a course and couples go through it because let me tell you something. We alluded to this earlier. Um, If you're married or you have a significant other, I don't think you can financially prep without your spouse or significant other being on board. This is a team sport. This is not something you can do on your own because you just can't. I think everybody understands what we're saying. We need not get into examples, but it has to be a team sport. And so that, that Dave Ramsey for couples things, highly recommended, never taken it. I've heard great things about it. Well, there's this misconception um, about debt during SHTF and people are simultaneously, some people are over-concerned about debt and some people are under-concerned about debt. And because we're practical people here at Prepping 2.0, we land in the middle and we can explain the over-concern and the under-concern. And, th- and it, it's the topic of, in a full-on collapse, we're talking, you know, EMP or some a- absolutely cataclysmic event. Some people, and, and they're correct when they say debt will be uncollectible. If the courthouses are closed and there are no sheriff's deputies Martial to evict you, yeah. um, debt is not going to be collectible. And whether it still exists on some company's books that you owe $500,000, you might have a moral obligation to pay it back. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. I'm not sure that you do. Um, in, in general, I mean, if it's an unjust debt. Um, so they think, well, in a full-on collapse, debt will be uncollectible. Um, well, what they're, what they're misunderstanding is <laughs> that it may not be a full-on collapse. 
It could be, and we think it is currently, and our books have correctly predicted, that what we're really talking about is a slow rolling partial collapse. And it's always more interesting, and it's mentally lazy. I understand why people go straight to the EMP or meteor strike scenario, because it it's lazy. You don't have to think about the more realistic scenario of a partial collapse unfolding. Your mind can just go straight into zombies. And, and, and then you can think about the ramifications of a total collapse, and that's very interesting. And look at the percentage of prepper fiction out there that is in one form or another a total collapse, an instantaneous collapse. It's pretty obvious the market, if you will, for that theory is much greater than the market for a partial collapse. Although Shelby and I have the advantage of actually correctly predicting stuff. So we got that on our side. So I just want to say that. But here's the thing. In a partial collapse, and we're we're currently in it. I don't want to make it sound oh, gosh, like no. yeah. when the partial collapse starts. We are we are in the beginning stages. You cannot look at the hiking of inflation or yeah. hiking of inflation. Um, Interest, interest rates. rates, the inflation rates, the uh, the world, what's happening globally, and and not acknowledge that. I mean, that's just, that's a truth pill right there that we all need to swallow. We are in a partial collapse, and here's the problem with this, um, that this instantaneous, full on collapse mental approach. It doesn't work in a partial collapse, and we are in a partial collapse. So by definition, the full on instant collapse scenario doesn't work. Now it still could happen. North Korea could pop an EMP. It could happen. But let's deal with reality and practicality here. So in a partial collapse, debt can still get you. How is that? Well, um, I don't know how many of you have watched, uh, probably everyone, especially around Christmas, the um, It's a Wonderful Life movie with Jimmy Stewart. It's, It's a classic. And remember in there, there was Mr. Potter. He was the greedy banker guy. And when um, George Bailey um, dies and he sees what his what life is like when he is not around to help people, there were these things called there was this thing called Potterville. And Potterville was a great illustration of the partial collapse as it plays out. Potterville was um, everybody rented because Mr. Potter owned everything. There were all kinds of like saloons and, and all kinds of vice basically for that lack he, of a better term. That Potter capitalized on, on that everybody else suffered under. Exactly, perfectly put. And so I want you to think back to Potterville and that's where this country is heading, especially in blue areas. Um, this is not gonna be a show on blue versus red. It's gonna be one of the few shows where that incredibly important um, dichotomy is not uh, analyzed, but I see a future for America of Pottervilles, and instead of Pottervilles, the term that we should be looking for and that will become the truth is Blackrock. Blackrockville. Blackrockville. Thank you. Blackrockville Town. Ship. Berg. <laughs> um, Blackrock is is a metaphor, but it's a real thing. It is a company, a giant trillion dollar wealth fund. They buy a lot of foreclosed properties and turn them into rentals. And they do a lot of other awful stuff. But BlackRock, giant corporations that the government aids and abets, is the future in in good parts, big chunks of this country. So if you have a lot of debt and you can't make your mortgage payments, um, and there's only a partial collapse, so there's a functioning court system and a functioning set of sheriff's deputies that go out and evict you, you could lose your house and then end up renting in a Potterville. And so this is a real concern. That's why debt matters in a partial collapse. And that's honestly why our federal government is taking the rental situation and not and not taking actual steps to fix it because it's a handshake agreement. Am I right? Absolutely. And speaking as an amateur pollster, I love, I absolutely love polls. Um, statistically speaking, people who rent are more likely to vote Democrat. So no wonder exactly. the Biden regime wants people to rent. So they, they kill two birds with one stone. Yes. They, they send money to their buddies in BlackRock. And by the way, BlackRock's vice president is on Biden's economic advisor committee chair or whatever. So let, let me just 
Stop for a moment and remember. Let's remember what we learned in history. What was one of the reasons why uh, people got on a ship in Britain and took the big journey across to this unknown land to live and to set up a country? Why? Property ownership. Yes. That was one of the major rights that those colonists fought for and and um, held up as incredibly important. So remember that when you think about the current situation with rentals, and we'll keep going on. Exactly. Well, there is, as we said, complexity and nuance to, to just about everything when it comes to financial preps. On the topic of debt, it is far too easy to say, uh, get rid of all debt at any cost. And by the way, it, that's like saying, just start eating kale and lose weight. I mean, it, you don't have to be brilliant. And I will, I will attest that does not work. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, Remember that in a high inflationary period, paying a 3% mortgage is a deal. You're paying back debt with inflated dollars. Does that mean you should take out as much debt as humanly possible? No. By the way, 3% is the old, like last year's insurance, or pardon me, uh, interest rates. But just understand that you're paying back debt with inflated dollars. But here's something. So you've got point, counterpoint, and now counter, counterpoint. Um, something that says that debt could be even worse is if we go to a digital dollar. And if we go to a digital dollar, they'll just take it out of your account. Yeah, it gets zapped. Dollars and ones and zeros get zapped. And you out. just have yeah. no money. And so there you go. So a bottom line, we think, with debt is a reasonable amount of debt is okay, something like a home mortgage. But what we'll call dumb debt, which would be like going on a really expensive vacation and putting on your credit card. Living like the Kardashians. Yes, is not a good financial prep. We know that that's obvious. We know that you guys know that. But we just wanted to kind of boil it down for you. So a reasonable amount of debt is okay. And the collapse, a full-on collapse, is, is not something you should base your financial preps on. Because... We've been suggesting there's going to be a full-on collapse, not us personally, but our community has, for about 15 years. And and it hasn't happened the big grandeur way that a lot of people thought it would happen. So you got to look at the track record of people that are suggesting you bet all your financial eggs in their basket. Right. And the, and the other thing to just consider right now, if you've been watching headlines, right now with the incredible inflation that we've had – People yes. are racking up their credit cards. It's terrible. Just to go to the grocery store. Yeah. And I understand doing what you need to do at the time. That is debt that you don't want. So, but I, uh, there's no judgment there. I get it. Um, but we're going to talk more about this and we're going to, we're going to kind of flesh this out a little bit more on the other side of the break. But first I always want to give a wonderful shout out to our wonderful sponsors, uh, if you want to go check um, two of our awesome realtors that we recommend that will help you get to a red state, you can go to redstate-realtors.com and look for Jared Savick in Montana and Lizzie McDaniel in Tennessee. You can also see Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine, New Mana Foods, and EMP Shield. All of our sponsors can be found at prepping2-0.com under the Friends and Affiliates page with all the good coupon codes. Folks, we have so much more to talk about in terms of what's good and bad debt on the other side of the break. Don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. 
EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Love America and a great cup of coffee? At Minutemen Coffee, we're passionate about our freedom, liberty, and exceptional coffee. Minutemen Coffee is a nationally recognized specialty coffee roaster, offering small batch roasted coffee for the people. Our heritage line is something for everyone, featuring dark, medium, and light roasts that are bold but not bitter, and offered in whole bean, drip, and K-pods. Our liberal tears decaf also packs bold flavor for those who want delicious, satisfying coffee any time of the day. Plus, a portion of Minutemen Coffee sales goes to first responders and veteran-focused charities. And check out our coffee club for free shipping, 15% off, and the freedom to choose your roast grind quantity and how often you want it delivered. Shop online at MinutemenCoffee.com and use promo code FREEDOM at checkout for 15% off your first order. And have the freshest, most delicious coffee in the country delivered right to your door. Go to MinutemenCoffee.com. That's MinutemenCoffee.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Thanks for rejoining us. We are just getting started with our discussion of financial preps. Of course, we encourage you to stick around for the after show. And if you're a Patreon, you know that you can uh, continue the conversation with us in the after show. Like Glenn said, if you're interested in becoming a Patreon, just go to prepping2-0.com and click on that logo and you can check it out. But Glenn, you have some solid financial prepping advice for us. That's right. We have uh, a friend and affiliate, uh, U.S. Law Shield, that we think qualifies as a financial prep. What does U.S. Law Shield do? They provide insurance for self-defense incidents. They provide both criminal defense and a defense for civil cases. What no one can really realistically recover from financially is a $100,000 lawyer bill for a criminal case or and or I should say a uh, $100,000 or $200,000 lawyer bill to defend yourself in a civil case. I think most normal people, us included, would be wiped out if that happened. And part of financial prepping is to not be financially wiped out. And there's a very easy way to take care of this particular threat to your finances. And that is U.S. Law Shield. It's about 100 bucks a year and it covers you and you can add family members for a few more dollars from being sued and the defense costs of a criminal defense. Um, and I don't know why you wouldn't, because if you're listening to this show, the odds are pretty good that you can seal carry. And especially if you live in a blue state with bad district attorneys, uh, this, this might be more likely than you might think. And there's a very easy way to make this financial prep. So strongly consider U.S. Law Shield. They're on prepping2-0.com, prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates page and look for their logo and it'll give you the coupon code there. You get 14 months for the price of 12. I also wanted to let folks know about our archive episode 
in this case, episodes, plural, of the week. This is where we go back and we look at some of the episodes in our archives. And we've been doing this show since 2018. There are some absolute gems that we've done in the past. And we wanted to remind you, we get so many new listeners every episode. Some people don't know that there are previous episodes. And we encourage you to go back and you can listen to all the episodes for free at uh, prepping2-0.com. And our episodes of the week are episodes 10 and 11, which were recorded on December 29th, 2018. And this was a two-part episode with our very special guest, the real Special Forces Ted. He's a character in the books. He's real, though. He's really a Green Beret and uh, a guy I knew. And uh, he was the inspiration for the character, Special Forces Ted, in the books. And he has a lot to say about a lot of topics. First of all, he's a prepper Green Beret, and so he's kind of knowledgeable about some stuff. He has a, a very interesting perspective on the need to prepare, and he also talks about what it's like being a character in a, in a book like this and his experience with that. So if you like the 299 Days book series, you're going to love episodes 10 and 11 with Special Forces. Ted. Well, we're going to pick back up. We, we said there were five categories of financial preps, and we got through one of them, which was debt. And now we're going to go through two through five, and this will take us into the after show. The really good stuff is in category five, which is not on purpose, but it's going to end up being in the after show, just so you know. Um, category number two is income. You know, I love it when People think they're so brilliant when they come up with these absolutely obvious observations and they say things like in the football context, well, all you need to do is score more points than your opponent. Oh, you're brilliant. Well, that's not brilliant. Figuring out how to score more points than your opponent, that's what the true brilliance is. So we don't expect anyone to think that we're brilliant for saying uh, income. Uh, and making sure you have it and that you can possibly increase it, that's a good financial prep. We do not expect any brilliance points for that, no. but we do have some thoughts on how to do it. See, we're Spe practical. And especially show. in this current economy, it's a crazy. Absolutely. It's going to get crazier when, when the layoffs start because with these interest rates going up, corporations, to the extent people work for corporations or for small companies that sell stuff to big corporations, um, corporations don't have access to cheap debt anymore nope. and they're going to actually have to like produce profits in order to pay their debts. And a lot of them are not profitable because they, again, have been living off of cheap credit like the government. And um, there's going to be a wave of layoffs and it's going to trickle down to small businesses. And we're, and we're seeing the beginnings of this when you have stores and, and service places that are opened at such limited times. Oh, yeah. That, this, that's just the beginning, folks. It's going to get worse. It is. So we suggest that a solid financial prep is to constantly reevaluate your income. What do we mean by that? Constantly reevaluate your job. Constantly reevaluate whether you can make more money in your current job. Keep your resume freshened up. There is such a hot labor market right now. It is a great time to um, upgrade your employment. Now that comes with risk. And this is what we were talking about when we said, get out of your comfort zone because preparing is the opposite of a comfort zone. You have to take some risks. Sometimes you have to do uncomfortable things. You might have to pick up and move. By the way, getting a job in a red state is a great way to kill two birds with one stone. You can relocate and possibly upgrade your job. So consider that you're probably worth more than you think you are, given how hot this labor market is. So consider this. Let me jump in on that. When you think about moving to a red state, and people have said this to us, moving to Montana, they don't pay as well. You know, the minimum wage here is different, blah, blah, blah. Um, yes. We live under a governor here that has said, think about this in comparison to a blue state. We will not lock down again because our Montana economy cannot take that kind of a hit again as opposed to a blue state that will lock down whenever somebody from the, you know, the uh, CDC blinks wrong. Whenever Fauci gets a new contract for exactly. some endorsement so of some drug. I like the idea of living under a governor that understands that people need to be employed and find good employment, family wage jobs. That's the difference between a red and a blue state on the job market issue. It's more sustainable. It's, it's, it's a better long-term plan to live in a red state. We promised we weren't talk about blue and red states, and there we went. We did it, but it actually but it permeates sense. 
so yes. many prepping topics. But anyway, enough of the red blue thing. Another th- thing to consider about income as a financial prep is, and this depends on what kind of job you have. By the way, we know that there are quite a few people listening who are perhaps retired. So maybe some of this stuff doesn't apply to you. So, but and, you know, but if you're your retired, kids, yeah. Think about the unique opportunities yeah. you have with that. So exactly. Think, yeah. So there so you go. one of our suggestions is if you have a job that is set up like this, go ahead and take all kinds of training and get certifications from your work. Um, have them pay to make you more valuable. Pretty solid financial prep right there. Um, a lot of people don't really consider this. They're either neutral on their job or they don't like their job. And the idea of spending a Saturday getting that extra certification is something that kind of makes their skin crawl. Um, But consider it as a prep. That's the thing. See, a lot of the stuff we're talking about here, saving money and making money and doing all these hard things. If you think of it as a prep, you're more likely to do it. And it is undeniably a prep. So you ought to think about it as as a prep. So approach money like you approach prepping and you're going to be way better off. Put in for f- promotions at work. It's not for everybody, um, but yeah. consider it. I'm mean, again, use your current job to make more money. Here's something that's key, and I, I've lived both sides of this example, and that is be irreplaceable at work. Be irreplaceable at work. I've been irreplaceable, and it went well. I've been replaceable, and it did not go well. So consider that, and that – and how you become irreplaceable is going to depend on your situation. You have a rough idea how to do that, but approach being irreplaceable at work as a financial prep, and you're going to maybe be more likely to do it. A huge topic when it comes to income are side gigs. Oh my goodness. Side gigs. We are huge proponents. Those are of course, small businesses or other jobs. Um, well, and they're in the addition side, to your main one, exactly. Your main job is your main job. It's your eight, your nine to five. It's that your side gig is what you do after that you have capacity to do and makes you an income, whether it be small or large. Exactly. And, and we are living proof of this. We are coming to you. We are recording on a Saturday morning. It's a beautiful, sunny, gorgeous Saturday morning. And we are in a studio. First of all, we love doing this. We actually miss it when we can't record a show. So we love it. We're not complaining, but we are examples of a side gig. It all started with me flippantly saying to Shelby about podcasts, how hard could it be? And look what it's turned it's into. It's turned into a side gig for us. Exactly. So there's, and, and go let ahead. Me, let me throw this mm-hmm. in here and I'll say it again. Side gigs can help you when financially your day job goes sideways Example is Prepping 2.0. I've said it before. Thank you to Prepping 2.0 and our supporters because when you were sick and in the hospital, Mm -hmm. your income, which is one of our main sources of income, was gone. Mm -hmm. I was able to lean on um, our side gigs, essentially, to pay the bills. And it's even more profound than than that. Yes, that's very true. And that is a good enough reason to strongly think about a side gig. Here's another reason to consider a side gig. The money that you make from your side gig, you can put into prepping. It's like that food freeze dryer that's $4,000. How am I going to get one of those? Maybe your side gig allows you to get prepping stuff. And prepping is a combination of skills and stuff. We're going to focus on the stuff part of it because that's the money part of it. And so if you put aside the money you make from a side gig into your prepping, your prepping is going to pay for itself much more readily. And you're not going to have to dip into savings or make other sacrifices in order to prep. And this can become a big deal if your spouse or significant other isn't 100% on board. If you say... and We have friends. We won't say who they are and what they do. We have friends that have jobs on Saturdays doing stuff. And the deal is the money is going into preps. And we don't know. We've not run into a spouse that says, no, don't do that. It's like, oh, okay, it's paid for. And I think that the spouse, typically the spouse that's a little bit reluctant is a wife, not universally, but typically. And um, I, I know several wives that think, well, uh, he's working hard. My man is working hard, which is an important thing. And at least he's not spending the money on, you know, cigars and Rolex watches and Tattoos. stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. 
So there's never been a better time than right now for side gigs, and that is primarily because of the internet. There are so many things you can do that are internet related, some that are not internet related. We're just going to highlight the internet because it's the golden age of the internet. We have friends who have side gigs on the internet. And, and of course, the prepping 2.0 is via the internet. I mean, you know, well, it's on the radio too, right. but still primarily it's the internet. Um, so there's never been a better time for this. Um, almost anything you can think of for a side gig is possible now because of the internet. So let me throw out some side gigs that we know of, we've had experience with, or uh, some of our fans, and maybe even some of our past, some, I'm thinking of one of our past guests. Yeah. We have, um, when we lived in Western Washington, our the property we lived on had an accessory dwelling unit, a little apartment. Mm-hmm. We Airbnb'd the heck out of that, and that thing made money. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say money, I mean close to the close to the mortgage of the house. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then for about a year, we Airbnb'd the cabin, and that made us a lot of money, mainly because it's a, it was a larger house. The family could come and stay there. And here's so let me just jump in and just go off on a little side trail here. We sold the cabin. We had a long discussion about selling the cabin before moving here. Mm-hmm. Could we manage it as an Airbnb at such a great distance, back and forth, back and forth? I think what really was the deciding factor, and I left that to Glenn to be the de- the final arbiter of that decision because it's his cabin, and there's the, all the 299 days history with that. We could see coming up in the next five to 10 years, some pretty significant repairs mm-hmm. and maintenance on that house that would not make it worth Mm-hmm. doing those repairs. So that's another thing that came into our mind. Do you want to And that's a, a great example yeah, of ahead. constantly reevaluating things, not getting stuck in. For example, the comfort zone with the cabin and Airbnb was these checks rolled in. Oh, it that was, was a, a great was, comfort zone. That was a nice, that was an, an, an income that we a person could live on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we didn't get stuck in the trap of just getting comfortable with that. We figured, oh, geez, there's going to be a bunch of expenses. There's going to be a bunch of headache of trying to manage this property from and it would offset the income yeah. it would suddenly become debt instead of income right so, and so looking at things with a clear eye and not getting all hopey and and emotional about things is just what seeing, you have to do yeah, or just seeing the bottom oh when you see the checks coming in and if that was your only um, perspective that mm-hmm. you're, that's short-sighted so we we right now on our current property we have an accessory dwelling unit that is not livable. We are managing how we can try to get that livable to create that income again. It's, that's, yep. that's a long-term project, and we, are, we have to manage that cash flow. Another example, though, sorry, guys, I think I had COVID last week, and I've just got this catch in my throat like I always do. Were you vaccinated? What, no, and, <laughs> and as a result, I'm still alive. <clears throat> oh, look, a YouTube ding. Doug on it. Jeez. So Derek Smiley, some of you might remember, we have, we've had him on the show a couple of times. He, two, two and a half years ago, moved out of California to Idaho as a retiree. He retired from basically ranching. Guess what he's done? He's mm-hmm. done an amazing little side gig. I encourage you to go check him out. Derek Smiley Woodworks on Etsy. That man has turned his love of woodworking into beautiful bowls and uh, cutting boards. We have one of his cutting boards. Yeah, um, Glenn bought one of them for me as a housewarming gift for our own house. That side gig is making him some nice money in his retirement years, and he's able to build up a woodworking skill, do something he clearly loves. So things like that where you turn something you love into that hobby and then turn it into a side gig. Open up one of these little online shops like mm-hmm. Etsy or something Never like that. Never been easier to Airbnb, do. Airbnb, there's all of these. Here's another one that's out there that I've just discovered. Did you know that there's an app out there like Airbnb? For people who have horses. Yeah. So you can board a horse and book it like you would Airbnb. So just there's there's another one now that you mention it. There's an app out there and I don't know what it's called. Uh, You'll have to you'll have to Google it or whatever search engine you use. Um, It's Airbnb for RV spaces. You don't have to have uh, an entire house uh, or apartment that has all kinds of the facilities. You just need to have some land, possibly some water or electrical connection, and people can park their RV on your property for various periods of time. 
That's why we say there's never been a better time. Right. Well, we're going to wrap up side gigs here, but I wanted to make a couple quick points. And that is small side gigs can turn into significant sources of income. You never know until you try it. Um, ideally, and this is like bonus material, so this is not, I think, an expectation. Ideally, a side gig can be a skill you'll need in the collapse anyway. Kill two birds with one stone. One word of caution about side gigs, and Shelby mentioned it with the word hobby, is don't rationalize your hobby as a side gig. And I'm not sure this is a problem for most listeners, but the example would be, let's say your hobby is collecting Star Wars action figures. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, cool, knock yourself out. But if you say, oh, I'm going to quote invest in these action figures because dear, it's my side gig. And then you don't end up actually ever selling any of these because it's really just a rationalization for a hobby. Be careful of that. So we have number three, category number three, yes. investments for growth. Um, we're going to say in general terms, again, we're not financial planners, but we think that staying out of the stock market is probably a pretty good idea for a variety of reasons. If you're a prepper, you're probably not a day trader because the two are kind of opposites. So we're suggesting people not be in the stock market. Now, are we? Yes, we are a little bit, not like buying um, – the latest, greatest, coolest stocks, but we have, you know, 401ks and everything. 401ks, I should, I should mention something about. When your employer puts aside a good chunk of the money that you're investing in a 401k, when it's employer money, those things with all the fees and all the restrictions and all the bad parts of 401ks can actually pencil out. But most employers no longer do matching or provide significant contributions. So again, you have to reevaluate things constantly. You and have that's to only keep... been in the last few years. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That's yeah. That, that used to be a thing. That used to be like a, a standard. Thing. Yeah. And so, just again, we're in the stock market, but it's like we're not so much in the stock we're market directly in it. Right. We're in it, but if we, if the stock market took a complete, you know, went in the toilet. Which, which it has recently, 20% loss since yeah. Biden took <clears throat> control. It's not devastating to our family because we've diversified. Exactly. Right Diversification. And another thing about 401ks that not everybody knows, but as far as cashing out a 401k, um, I, I don't think that we're brilliant to say that we realized uh, a couple years ago when the stock market was at 30,000 plus that it's not going to stay that high. So why didn't we just sell off all of our 401ks or cash them out more precisely? Because there are significant penalties, about a 10% penalty, plus you have to pay the taxes up front. And um, I'm told that if you cash out a 401k, count on only getting about 60% of it. Well, when you add in those fees and those penalties, um, and by the way, it takes a long time. It takes like a couple months because they are really slow to give you your money back, which I find atrocious, but it's true. Um, so our point is, is that there's more to it. Again, we were talking about nuance and complexity to financial preps. It's not as simple as cashing out your, your 401k. You don't go to an ATM and hit a button and they, they give you tens of thousands of dollars instantly. It's so much more complicated than that. So yeah, it might make sense to cash out a 401k. People have things come up in their lives in which they need right. them. But just go into it knowing that it's not a simple well, be-all and end-all. It's all. a system set up to, to lock your money yeah. in and keep it away from you yeah. and and demotivate you from taking it out. And then it, and, you, and it is. You have to count the cost now or later. So do we yeah. – Yeah, so and other investments for growth, and these are – non-traditional, but this will make perfect sense to preppers. And that is ammo, guns, and food. Yes, ammo is an investment. Um, I've been slowly acquiring ammunition uh, for a number of years. And uh, the best example is 545 by 39, the Russian stuff, the hot stuff that comes in the spam cans with the Cyrillic writing that on it. That weighed 10,000 pounds a can. Yeah, exactly. Bought it for 11 cents a round. It's now worth a dollar a round. I consider that an investment for growth. So, and then guns can become an investment for growth. Food, we had the uh, unique opportunity when we moved all of our stuff and we moved all of our food preps into our new place. 
we got a sense of what all was involved and, and how, well, how, how much, much there we was. Had. And then we started doing the math. We would look at cans of stuff that are roughly twice, they cost about twice as much as we bought them for. And then multiplied by the volume, we had a significant amount of wealth in our food. And so this is the, the you know, times you have to think of unconventional things. When inflation is going crazy, as Shelby said, you have to have a new inflation mindset. You have to look at things differently. You have to get out of your comfort zone yeah. and mm-hmm. constantly reevaluate well, things. And get out of the comfort zone. And then, all right, how do I game the current system? Yeah. And well, and and I hope that that's kind of an overarching thought that you've had as we've been talking today. Exactly. Another investment for growth, maybe, is land. Now, land can be tricky. Um, you can buy too high and prices can go down. Obviously, we have increasing interest rates. The overall value, uh, the selling price, I should say, maybe not the value, but the selling price, the, the two things being different. The selling price of land is not going up as fast as it was. It might be coming down. So land can be tricky, but here's one thing that we can say in a very general sense is true. And that is land in red states, we think is generally a better investment because people want to be there and will increasingly be leaving blue states in droves. Does that mean you should buy Montana real estate at high prices? No, not necessarily. It means you should consider land as an investment for growth. You should learn about it. You should figure it out and you should open your mind to it. And it might be a solution for you, but it is not the be all and end all. Well, and also too, prices are chilling out right now because of the interest rate. So you, a piece of property you couldn't get a year ago because it was a complete just craziness. Ridiculous price. Yeah. It was a bidding war to get it now might be available and now the price might be coming down. Another investment for growth and what we're about to talk about probably doesn't apply to most listeners. So at least we're honest. Uh, And that is rarely thought of. And that is intellectual property. What is intellectual property? Things like patents and copyrights. Um, We have two examples for you. And again, this isn't for everybody. Um, Steve Briggs, the real Steve Briggs from the books, my logger buddy, uh, best man at my wedding, um, invented a tool for real. He got a patent on it and he makes a fair amount of money on this absolutely brilliant tool because he's a smart dude that he invented. When he patented it, he didn't have any money for a patent lawyer. He had to scrimp and save. Uh, he was in very bad financial condition back then and he had to spend it on a patent attorney. Best thing he ever did. Now he has this great passive income by owning this patent. And of course, the copyright example would be me and Shelby with books and to an extent this podcast is something that we have created. It's wealth. It's, it's investment. It's an investment for growth. It's not like these copyrights just completely fell into us. It took a lot of work. So Shelby, take us out. Folks, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.